0: In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting.
2: And welcome into the rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Glad to be with you this afternoon on a Tuesday. Looks like the rain's going to head out. Not that I'm like some kind of weather guy, it's kind of funny. I remember my buddy Jonathan Reynolds used to do a show here all with us on Fox Sports Radio 1400. He was like, especially when it snowed. He was all about like trying to be like Mr. Weatherman. I was like, dude, stop it. I love you, but you, you know, stick to sports, brother. Stick to sports. But I'm not going to try to be the weather guy. But I will tell you, I did see some shades of sun today. I was shocked as I walked outside of my little hole-in-the-wall uh, studio over here. That's what I call my studio as a hole. <laughs> Back to my cave, basically. Great show planned for you this afternoon. Lou Bajak from the state newspaper will join us at about uh, 325 today. We're going to talk about uh, some high school baseball. A lot of tournaments, uh, or the season's pretty much wrapped up. They're heading into postseason play. And we got about uh I think five teams that are ranked that are right here in the Midlands. Now for you folks that are listening to us on the iHeartRadio app across the state, uh we'll talk about some of the other teams that uh are in the mix as well. I've gotten to see some good college or high school baseball, especially with uh, uh calling some games in the Forest Acres Classic with uh with AC Flora, obviously, and uh River Bluff. River Bluff's a good team, so Looking forward to talking to uh, Lou Bajak from the state newspaper. 3.20 today. we will also are going to uh, the list today at 3.30. I'm going to give you my favorite NFL draft rumors. These are hot off the presses. They are so hot that my hand is on fire as I hold them. Some of these are going to make you say, huh? Some of them are going to make you say, whoa. I'm also going to talk about the Carolina Panthers and what they should do with their NFL draft pick, and they may get somebody they may draft someone that uh, Gamecock fans would be happy about. We'll talk about that about 3:45 today. Also, I gotta talk about my Atlanta Braves. You're about to do something absurdly stupid. I love my Atlanta Braves. I'm not one of these arrogant hosts that's like I'm above. I'm above all of uh, all of this, and I don't have. No one knows my favorite teams because I'm completely objective. That's a load of crap. I'm a huge Braves fan. I want them to go 162 and 0. If your team is playing my team, the Atlanta Braves, I hope your team loses by 75 runs. I'm that that crazy about my Atlanta Braves. My Braves are about to do something stupid, though. And I will tell you about that, and I will make my plea to the Atlanta Braves to please not be stupid. So we'll talk about that. I'm also going to get into the NCAA and why the NCAA is just a complete farce. We'll get into that in just a little bit. And I've got some uh, some other notes here um, about Clemson and South Carolina scheduling regional opponents. Dabo Sweeney had some stuff he said Monday night, and uh, we'll talk about that as well. But let's talk about baseball first. I'll give you the rundown all for today. Clemson will play. Uh, we'll start with them first. They play Kennesaw State tonight. First pitch for that game is at 630 at Doug Kingsmore Stadium and Clemson, as I've said before, they're kind of in uh, in the driver's seat to get a host spot, or in the driver's seat to get into the tournament. Um, if you look at certain sites, some sites have the Tigers as a host right now. Some sites, I know last week, D1 Baseball didn't have uh, Clemson hosting, but it's funny because they haven't ranked 12th this week. If they're ranked 12th, then they probably should be hosting. Maybe I'm just... Out of my silly gizzards on that. Also, another website called College Baseball Madness, I think it is, has Clemson as like uh, the eighth seed overall. So, before I get into, uh, I tell you what, let me do the Gamecocks first, and then I'll get back into that because that's something that's really interesting to me is different sites and different stuff. Let's talk about the Gamecocks. They play Furman now. Once again, the Gamecocks are, are even though with that sweep of LSU over the weekend. I think they're still in survival mode. If they want to make the tournament, you can't have another embarrassing loss like you did last week to Presbyterian. And oh, by the way, Furman has beaten this Gamecock team before. Now they're going to Fleur Field to play. And tonight, first pitch for that game will be at 7 o'clock. And a lot of times you can't catch the games at Fleur Field, but it's going to be on the SoCon Digital Network. So you can uh, check that game out on the SoCon Digital Network. I know everybody's going to be like, where can I find the baseball game? It's on the SoCon Digital Network tonight. Because for some reason, games at Fleur Field, you can't get them. I mean, it's a minor league stadium that's like a ripoff of Fenway Park, basically. And they can't put up a couple of cameras so we can catch the college baseball that goes through there. It's pretty crazy. Do do a better job, Red Sox, folks. Although most of the Red Sox fans I know, including... Uh, my buddy I do a podcast with Mike Dabreski. He he he's a he's a dumb Red Sox fan, so he needs he needs to take his dumb Red Sox fan Twitter and tweet at them a little bit and say, "Hey, get the stuff fixed at Fleur Field." But it'll be on SoCon Digital Network tonight. You can catch um, the matchup with Furman and South Carolina. Now, South Carolina can't afford to drop this game. They are still on the outside looking in. As uh, I mean they should be in the field now after that sweep at LSU but you really don't want to you don't want to poke the bear too much it's best just to go ahead and get this win over Furman i mean i think that we all can admit the Gamecocks are a better baseball team than Furman but you have to prove that on the field otherwise why bother to play but the Gamecocks pick up that win then they can start thinking about this Vanderbilt team that's coming in here this or they're on the road at Vanderbilt and remember as i said yesterday They've got to go 15 and 15 overall. Now, I think uh, they're nine and nine now, so they need to win uh, uh, 15 overall in conference play, so they can go six and six. They've got two home series with um, the first one is with Mizzou, and then I think the other one is with I think it's uh, Ole Miss, and then they play Texas A&M on the road, and of course Vanderbilt on the road. So, in my opinion, you got to have. You got to go uh, 15 and 15 overall to make sure that you got a spot. If not, then they're going to have to do some magic in SEC play. And winning in Birmingham is not easy. The old phrase, two and barbecue. There are a lot of baseball fans at Clemson that are, or at South Carolina that know about that. So, Gamecock fans, follow your team tonight. Carvin Balinski gets the start, the freshman. He's uh, one and four on the season. Against Jake Crawford for Furman. So first pitch for that game is at seven o'clock tonight. Clemson, of course, has Kennesaw State. Clemson has five games this week. Kind of crazy with that. They uh, they play Kennesaw State and then Presbyterian tomorrow, and then they play over the weekend. That's that's a lot of games in one week, especially getting uh, close to finals and stuff for uh, for the colleges. So, uh, getting back to what I was mentioning earlier, it's so funny because a lot of a lot of people will pick and choose certain websites that they uh that they go to and they'll look at some stuff. Um one example was just what I was talking about. If you go to college baseball madness, I think is the website. They already they have their regional projections up. I think D1 baseball puts theirs out on Wednesday, but this site puts theirs out on Monday. And you can build a An argument for your team from said websites and it's it's kind of funny and the reason that I say that is because it can stem over to recruiting if you are one of these folks that follow recruiting I don't I just I can't do it it's it's you never know and my mentality with recruiting is this I understand that recruiting is important I mean I'm not dumb I get that Having a nice recruiting class is awesome. But you are basically, in my opinion, if you're like some folks, I know people that try to follow the, a lot of these kids on Twitter. And they're, they're following them on Instagram. And then they, they, <laughs> a lot of times these kids don't know that they're doing it. So they'll, they may take a picture of them doing something. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, you know, 35-year-old recruiting fool, will put it out on their personal Facebook page or on their personal Twitter as, oh, look what I found. This must mean he's going to this school. Just stop. Stop with that. That's absolutely insane. There are certain people that can follow recruiting, and and you can read the stuff and and chit-chat about it, but if you're following a high schooler on Twitter like that, it's, I mean, ugh, I don't know, man. Unless you're a member of the media, I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. So, but back to what I was talking about. If you look at these websites, a lot of them are just clickbait. They'll, they'll put out something like, uh, I don't know, said said number one QB is one crystal ball pick or one, one, one crazy pick has them going to South Carolina, then all the South Carolina fans will click on that, and then they'll get web clicks out of that. And then they'll go, and then they'll pick, uh, you know, a couple weeks later, well, no, now maybe he's trending to Florida. Then they'll, they just go back and forth. They're just trying to catch your eye for a minute. It's crazy. So, to make you a better sports fan today, here's what you should do. Pick out one site and follow that site. I try to tell my friends that we, you know, we'll we, you know, bash each other back and forth, just like normal sports fans do. If you pick one site, then you're all consistent. An example is uh, the quarterback that committed for South Carolina that came from I I I, I can't remember his name, but the the young man from California that uh, the Gamecocks are high on. He's rated as a three star by some services, as a four star by some services. Then he's rated as the number three quarterback. Uh, in a pro style, or the number 8 quarterback overall. It depends on where you go. Here's the thing on that, and I hate to break it to you. We don't know anything about this kid. We don't know if he's going to get out there, and in his first practice, he gets popped by one of the South Carolina defenders, and then he could be gun-shy forever. We don't know that. We, we really don't know. We don't know anything about his makeup, you can be big and have all the tools in the world, but in the end, that doesn't matter. A lot of it comes down to grit and heart. I think back to certain players that play. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy
0: discovered jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: For both South Carolina and Clemson, uh, Connor Shaw didn't really have all the measurables. He wasn't really a a highly recruited player. I think he was like a three-star and a two-star recruit here and there. Probably the best quarterback in South Carolina history. I liked Reggie Merriweather for Clemson. Reggie Merriweather was so cool because I think he was like 5'7", maybe. Weighed like 180 pounds. But he was like a bowling ball, you know. I don't know how much he weighed. But he was a good running back. You can't input heart into people. That's, That's kind of the message of the day with that. But the other thing is, pick one site. And then stick with that. And try to get your friends to do that, too. That way, when you're arguing with each other, whether it's online or, you know, whatever, you're all arguing from the same plane. It's like with uh, the Clemson... Like, whenever I read stuff from the Clemson baseball rankings or whatever, and or any college baseball rankings, I always use D1 baseball because that's just what I've always read. And it's funny because D1 baseball has Clemson ranked 12th right now. But if you look at baseball america clemson is ranked eighth now that's just confusing confusing is all get out so to make yourself a better sports fan today i'll tell you what you should do go ahead pick out that one site and then just stick with it so you're welcome for that it'll make your life easier it really really will all right let's move on to something else here real quick here before we get to lou bayjack coming up with us at about 320, 320, 325 today. I think the South Carolina basketball program is in a world of hurt right now. I I've had this in my mix yesterday and I just forgot to uh, put it out there. But Rakeem Felder is no longer part of the basketball team. And here's here's why this is an interesting thing to me. He's the fifth member of the roster with eligibility to leave since the end of the season. And you know, the Gamecocks have seven scholarship players for next season. And Chris Silva and Brian Bowen are testing the NBA draft waters. You know what? When I stop to think about it, the biggest problem for the Gamecock basketball team this year wasn't Hart. It wasn't a lot of things. It was they needed a point guard. If they'd have had a point guard, they probably would have made the NCAA tournament. But if I am, you know, Brian Bowen can probably play the point guard, but you don't know if the NCAA is going to actually allow him to play. That's something you got to think about as well. But here's the other thing with that. If I'm Chris Silva, and I know that I can go and make it into uh, in the pros somewhere, if I get a a favorable draft rating, I don't know why he would come back to South Carolina. I mean, I know I tweeted out about it, and I, I had a list about it, about reasons he should stay. And he can get more you know, he'd have an opportunity to do so many different things and being the big man on campus. But now, the more that I think about it, if you don't have a point guard to get you the ball as a big man, I mean, can you really and truthfully do much? I mean, if you're a big man, you got to have somebody to get you the ball. So I think Chris Silva's going to come back because I don't think he's rated anywhere as far as a projection to go into the NBA draft. But it's interesting, though, when you really stop and think about it, the amount of players that have left uh, Coach Frank Martin's program, whether through what have you. And Clemson's got the same problem up in the upstate. They may lose their uh, a couple of their guards. They've already lost one forward with David Skara deciding, hey, I'm going to transfer out, or not really transfer out. I'm going to graduate and go play in the pros overseas. When you look at a basketball team at the end of the season, it's kind of crazy because it could be the last time you see them together. There really is no continuity. That's going to tie into what I'm going to talk about here after we're done with uh, Lou Bajak in just a little bit about um, there is a commission on college basketball led by Condoleezza Rice. And this thing drops tomorrow, which they'll give suggestions on how to fix college basketball. I think one way you can fix college basketball is make kids commit for three years. I know that we've talked about that before. Why isn't it that way with, I mean, they do it with baseball. They do it with football. It should be the same way with college basketball. I think that's one way to get that started. But we'll definitely get into that in just a moment here. Uh, Right after I do the list at 3.30, we'll probably get into that. But the NCAA They've, they're coming out with this, and uh, they're supposed to release that report tomorrow, and it's led by Condoleezza Rice. And I'm interested to see what's going to be there, but I'm going to give you my ideas on what they can do to fix college basketball. We'll have that at about uh, 3.40 this afternoon. Be sure to check out my blog page. It's on uh, foxsportsradio1400.com. I have for you on the blog page, because I couldn't find any really good sports stuff today, I thought I would just share some music. I like music. Uh, Prince dropped... His version of the Sinead O'Connor song, uh, Nothing Compares to You, which I didn't know it, but he actually wrote it. You Got to go and check that out. Prince singing it is so much better than Sinead O'Connor. I think Prince doing anything is better than anyone, but that's just me. Check that out. It's online, foxsportsradio1400.com. Click on my name up there at the top. It says Rob Sanders. And you can enjoy that music. Good, good stuff, man. I was playing it around the house yesterday. The kids were like, hey, what is that? They had no clue. So follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Lou Bajak from the State Newspaper joins us in just a moment. You're listening to The Rundown with Rob Sanders. I'll be right back. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. We're going to head out to the hotline and welcome in from the state newspaper, Lou Bajak. Lou, welcome in, sir. How you doing, man? Pretty good, Rob. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, man, I was reading some of the stuff that you put out last night and over the past couple of days. You can follow him online at Lou at the state. And Lou uh, does a lot of stuff with high school sports. And we're getting to the heart of... Actually, we're getting ready to start a lot of tournament baseball or the postseason tournaments mm-hmm. for baseball, and we've got a lot of uh, of Midlands teams that uh, should go pretty far. I think I read something, Lou, where you said we have like five teams that are in, uh, end of the season ranked. Uh,
1: seven, seven baseball. Wow, seven um, in baseball. That's crazy. Doesn't do a play. Softball doesn't do polls, and there's a bunch of other on uh, soccer, which uh, soccer will begin next week. But yeah, baseball. Baseball gets to get going tonight uh most of the some had their uh, games postponed because of the weather but uh, then softball either um some are pushing their games up tomorrow and then uh, most of them will start on thursday so yeah (laughs) it's gonna be a busy time and uh, a lot of good teams a lot of good uh chances for our uh, midlands teams uh, to go far in the postseason
2: so we're gonna follow the where's waldo thing where's lou gonna be tonight man because i know you're gonna have to be out somewhere covering one of them where are you gonna head this evening
1: I'm not sure yet. I might not be anywhere tonight, but I definitely will be uh, busy the next uh, couple, few nights after that. There should be some good games. Uh, Lexington-James Island's a good one. Uh, Westwood Airport, uh, two local teams. Um, like I said, about half of them got rained out tonight and will go tomorrow. But um, some of our other teams are on the road, like um, AC Flora opens up at Lakewood. Um, and, uh, how does like that, said, for, it, for
2: those that don't know, Lou, how does that end up working out? Is that just like a standings thing that you end up going yeah, on the road?
1: It's a, yeah, this is basically where you finish in the region. Like AC Floor finished third in their region, and Lakewood finished second. Um, they divide them into districts. There's eight districts. Um, they do it for baseball and softball. And basically, if you're a region champion, you're, you're at home. And, or if you finish second, you at least get one game. And then, then you go from there to the two winners meet. The two winners will meet on Thursday, and then um, the two losers will meet on Thursday, and then go from there. Um, Then you'll have another elimination game on Saturday and district championship on Monday uh, for baseball. And
2: mentioning baseball, um, we had a question from our Facebook Live audience here asking about uh, some of your predictions for some 2A ball. Uh, I think he's a Batesburg-Leesville guy, but uh, we have some great 2A ball going on as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Batesburg-Leesville is uh, they they've had a a good season uh, going forward. Two A. Um, we don't have as many teams um, there. Uh, we got great great collegiate. Uh, they're at home. Batesburg. Um, they're actually rained out tonight. They'll play uh, at, at Andrews tomorrow. That's going to be tough down there. They got uh, academic magnets, uh, pr- pretty good in that region. They're in the district with uh, Andrews Academic Magnet and uh, Buford. So two uh, A. Kind of of a little wide open. Uh, I like um, maybe coming from an upper state. um, I like their chances maybe to make it to a state championship. And then the lower state, like I said, I think it's wide open. Ladd has been done so well uh, for many years down there, and uh, Johnsonville as well. So those are uh, other teams uh, to look out for in Class 2A baseball.
2: Now in 4A, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Flora's in the mix with that, and then Chapin is also really strong as well, right?
1: Yeah, Chapin's the number one team in the state. Uh, Airport's actually number three. Um, Lugo Elgin's four. Floor actually not ranked. Uh, they they struggled at the end of their season. They lost uh, lost actually two games of drear. They had to forfeit one of those games because went over a pitch count uh, in a game. So that's why they finished third. Um, they were going to finish third anyway because they lost a the tiebreaker. But yeah, uh, I like their our team's chances in four A. I mean. Chapin I mean uh, number one team in the state they got a lot of young talent and they're in the district with Darlington North Myrtle Beach and Hilton head um you look at lugoff Elgin also another favorable district a lower Richland a Myrtle beach and beaufort so and then flora flora will have to probably most of it will come on the road if if they win against Lakewood they'll have to go to kane Bay who's pretty strong but uh i would never bet against uh, flora in the postseason um kind of a little bit on under the radar i started the season ranked number one and then, now unranked but uh they, they still have the talent a lot of the guys there that were part of the state championship team last year so uh they could put things together in the postseason as well and you look at Dreer who's also had a good season uh, their games uh, postponed tonight. Uh, they'll, they'll take on hartsville tomorrow but uh, they Surprised some folks, uh, like I said, with the wins over Florida, and uh, they, they had a, another strong season to finish second behind Chapin in that region.
2: And Lexington, as you move up to, I guess it's five A now. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're one of the favorites here in the Midlands as well, right?
1: Yeah, I think they they are definitely the favorite. Um, I think in the Midlands, um, from at least out the Midlands team, I look at the the districts in the lower state. It's possible that I mean you got five Midlands teams in the four districts, um, uh it's possible that all midlands teams could win in the district and that teams from that region five hello it is
0: ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day little actually a lot So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 5A can all make it to the lower state the way they're playing. I like Lexington in their district. And then Blythewood and Spring Valley are in the same district, District 6. And Blythewood playing really well at the end of the season. River Bluff made it to the state championship last year. And they're pretty tough. And And then you got Dutch Fork. It was rained out today, but they, they'll play Carolina Forest. Their district's probably the toughest because they got Carolina Forest, then Somerville, who's uh, ranked number two, uh, behind Northwestern and just ahead of Lexington in the polls. And they got a couple uh, Gamecock commits or one Gamecock uh, signing, Daniel Lloyd, and then uh, T.J. Hopkins' brother, also on that squad. They're 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 pretty strong as well. So a lot of good action in 5A. But Midlands teams, like I said, they, there's a chance they'll. Four of them can make make it out of the district, and then they left in a lower state. But we'll see what happens.
2: Now you mentioned softball and something I, I I'm not sure if you wrote the piece on it or not, but I remember reading something on the state about uh, Clemson got their first softball commitment. I think it was from a young lady right here in the Midlands. Is that right?
1: Yeah, commit in state commit. They had a few signings back right. in November, um, right. but this is the first in state commit uh, from Great Collegiate. She's only a sophomore, Carson Puckett. Um, she's really good, uh, both pitching and hitting, um, one of the top hitters and pitchers in the area. Um, she, she moved, I think, I think she's originally from great falls, but, uh, she committed over the weekend to Clemson. Clemson will be starting, um, softball in 2020, 2019, 2020 academic year, but 2020 season. So, uh, she'll be right in there, um, going forward, uh, to that program on the ground up, which, um, surprised it's taken this long for Clemson to have a softball team, which as uh, much yeah, talent that you have be, in the state, you know.
2: That was be I my mean, next thing I was going to ask you was that how does Clemson getting that softball team, is that going to affect the softball game on the high school level here in the, in the uh, around the state? I mean, you know, South Carolina has their team, but with Clemson getting it now, I mean, both major schools in the state, I mean, that should bring softball to a higher level throughout the state, right?
1: Yeah, and we saw what South Carolina's been doing in their, um I mean, with Coach Smith, they're having a fantastic year and have have a chance to go far in the World Series, uh, I mean, playoffs. And then I, I think Clemson, you can keep a, the, with the talent in state and even across the border in Georgia. I think that's where their other signees were from. Um, yeah, there's a lot to pull from that you don't have to go very far and uh, keep keep the talent in state. Uh, you look at South Carolina, a lot of, they get a lot of in-state talent as well, so yeah, it's a good, a good chance to be a part of a beginning program They may take their lumps early, but I mean, uh, I think that program uh, in the next few years will be, once they get going, will be one uh, to watch for in the ACC.
2: And quickly, we got soccer getting underway as well. I mean, it's like we're kind of wrapping up everything with a bang <laughs> here as far as high school sports go. Uh, give us a couple of quick picks here from the Midlands about teams we should watch.
1: Uh, for the for the girls, I think Lexington. Um, they won it two years ago, and uh, they they definitely have a shot. Uh, I think they're going they're going for their 45th uh, region victory in a row tonight. Uh, a lot of seniors on that team, a lot of uh, high quality um, Division one talent on that team. So look for them in Class five A. The girls and boys, uh, River Bluff. Uh, I mean, they're going to have to get through Wando. Wando's number one team in the nation. And at some point they would have to play each other, so uh, that they've met the last few years in the playoffs. So, in the Class 4A, um, you got you got Chapin uh, Chapin Boys looking for their third straight trip to the um, state championship, and, and girls' side Dreer, coming off an emotional win over Flora. They, they won that region, but you got Dreer, Flora, and Chapin. They usually go pretty far in the playoffs, and then 3A um, Gilbert's a, a team to watch, and then 2A Coach Heisey. Uh, who, who's at Great Collegiate now at Brooklyn Casey for so many years. I think he might have one of his best shots, uh, maybe win a state championship uh, with the Great Collegiate boys uh, this year going on the playoffs.
2: All right, Lou Bajak from the state newspaper. Follow him at Lou at the state. Lou, thanks so much for joining us today, man. We really appreciate it.
1: Appreciate it, Rob.
2: Anytime. We'll be right back in just a moment with The Rundown.
0: Now, more of The Rundown. Check out Rob's blog at FoxSportsRadio1400.com. Strap in! It's time for the list.
2: All right, the list this afternoon is my favorite NFL draft rumors. I love the NFL draft because your entire team could change uh, possession quick, man. So you got to check this out. So it is the list. We'll go with number five. <laughs> Number five, Julio Jones has deleted all Falcons-related tweets and picks from his Twitter account except for his profile pic, and there's lots of rumors that are swirling around that he's asking to be released, and they say that the Packers and the 49ers are in play. That's from the balance in Indianapolis. So, looking at that... Could the Falcons be thinking, hey, we're going to draft a receiver? Hmm, if you're a Falcons fan, do you want Julio Jones to go? Imagine that. Number four. Former Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield is definitely in play to become the number one overall pick. That's from Adam Schefter at ESPN.com. I – the thing with Baker Mayfield, and I'm a short guy myself, but Baker Mayfield is short. I mean – that he's listed at like right at six flat. I don't think he has the NFL body to compete with that. And the funny thing is, is that everybody compares him uh, to, you know, they're saying that he could be Russell Wilson, etc. I don't think so. I don't think he has the athletic ability to be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was like a two-sport athlete. I mean, he, he could play, he could still be playing professional baseball if he wanted to, and obviously played baseball at NC State, so I hate it when people compare, oh, well, just because he's short, he could be Russell Wilson or he could be Drew Brees. Yeah, but you're still six foot flat. So if Baker Mayfield's going to the number one overall pick, I think that's just a bad move there. Number three, The New York Giants have had trade discussions centered around tackle Eric Flowers. That's from Ian Rappaport at NFL.com. Does that mean that the Giants may trade down out of the two spot because you're not going to go with, an offensive lineman at two, no one is really rated that high. Could the Giants be trying to make a trade? Hmm, that's interesting as well. I love the—you uh, could just kind of make up your stuff as you go here. It's almost like a, like a, like Mad Libs. You could just plug in whatever you want. But if they're trying to trade Eric Flowers, maybe they're going to draft a tackle. Huh? You never know. Number two. The Buffalo Bills are unlikely to trade up to the second pick. The Bills currently have the twelfth overall pick. That's also from Ian Rappaport at NFL.com. And with that, the Buffalo Bills are they are just an interesting franchise because it seems like they've got talent, but for some reason they just can't break the mold. I, I just don't get it. So right now the Bills are not expected to trade up to the number 2 pick. Which What are you going to get with that pick? Are you going to go quarterback there, Buffalo, or are you going to go with Saquon Barkley? I think the best player in the draft is Chubb from NC State in my opinion. I think that's if I had a number 1 pick, that's who I'd go with overall. I don't think any of these quarterbacks impressed me that much. So I would go with Chubb, but I'm sure at Buffalo they're they're probably not thinking about that. And finally, and number one. this is from The Ringer. Former Georgia running back Sonny Michelle could slip in the draft order over medical concerns because of issues with his knees, etc. If you draft a running back in the first round, there should be... I don't, I don't agree with that at all anyway. I think that's absolutely insane, drafting a running back in, in the first round anyway because you can get running backs all over the place. And the shelf life on a running back is, what, three years, four years? And then that's it. I mean, the life of an NFL running back is very short. I don't think you should draft one at all. I think you should go after free agent backs, et cetera. But definitely, if there's a medical concern, you should not uh, even bother trying to draft a running back. So, and it's been, you know, sad words there for Michelle, who was a great running back in college. That's the list this afternoon. I try to give you a list every day. Some of them are off-the-wall stuff, but today's stuff was uh interesting there with uh, those NFL draft rumors. And you know what? It's gonna heat up as we get closer and closer to Thursday night. Who's gonna be the number one overall pick? You know, that's gonna be uh something we can talk about here over the next couple of days. If you want to get in on that right now, you can give me a call at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832. Would love to chat with you about that. Who do you think should be the number 1 overall pick? I'm going with uh, with Bradley Chubb from NC State. I think that, uh, as I said, if you're going to draft high, I'd rather give him money than some of these quarterbacks because all of them have questions. I mean, they all have questions as far as the quarterbacks go, and I know that you have to have a quarterback to make it in the playoffs. There are teams that do well without them, but... You need a quarterback, but uh, if I don't have a surefire thing, there's no Cam Newton in this draft. There's no Peyton Manning. There's no Eli Manning. There's no quarterback here that you can look at as this guy is going to be good and is almost bust proof. I think every quarterback that is out there has some sort of thing going on about um as far as something to detract from them so let's talk about the Carolina Panthers for a minute Mel Kuyper Jr. says that the Panthers can fill their needs without reaching at 24 he's got them taking Stanford safety Justin Reed and he's uh, regarded by some folks as the third best safety behind Alabama's Minka Fitzpatrick who I also think is a great pick if Bradley Chubb is not there, I think you go with Minko Fitzpatrick because he can play all over the field. He can play some linebacker if you need him to. Uh, he can also play both safety positions. He can play corner. That's a great pickup there as well. And, of course, Florida State's Derwin James, who's also another great player. Uh, so that's where he, who he has going. But here's the interesting thing. He also said he could see the Panthers taking Gamecock tight end Hayden Hurst or Iowa's James Daniels, who is um, rated as the best center in the draft. I tell you what, I think that would be a, a great fit there for Hayden Hurst, and we'd probably see a lot more Panthers jerseys around Columbia with Hayden Hurst on them. And the kind of the kind of player that Hayden Hurst is, he just he just seems like he's just kind of a grinded out grinded out player. I liked watching him play for the Gamecocks because he he played hard, you know, he really did. So. If Hayden Hurst goes up to the Panthers, I know there's a lot of people who don't like the Panthers around here, and there's a lot of people that do, but for me, I see a fairly concentrated bunch of Panthers jerseys, and then during football season, it's a ton of Steelers jerseys, some Redskins jerseys. There's a lot of uh, a lot of that out there, but I think that picking up Hayden Hurst would be a good pickup for the Panthers, and at 24, you know, I don't know if they'd be reaching for him or not. I haven't seen a draft where he is uh, rated as uh, in the first round, but Mel Kuyper Jr. says he wouldn't be surprised, especially with uh, Greg Olson at the end of his career. And, you know, you got to be honest, the Panthers, he is the Panthers' best receiver. We know that uh, Hayden Hurst can catch the ball and do some stuff like that. So, That would be, you know, he could have a year or two to to tutor as as far as getting tutored under Greg Olson before he takes over as the man at tight end for the Carolina Panthers. So that would probably be a good pick for them. But uh, he does have them picking uh, Stanford safety, Justin Reed, which in my opinion, in the NFL, you need a ton of uh, defensive backs. That is for absolute sure. So, but one NFL analyst has a, an inkling they're saying that maybe the Panthers will take Hayden Hurst. I haven't seen him on a, a projection of a first round anywhere, but I like him with the Panthers. I also like him with my Green Bay Packers, just because I like players that uh, that play hard, and I like somebody that can actually give Aaron Rodgers a little something. to. Uh, it's kind of a safety net. He has all that hair going, man. He, is, he may have better hair than Clay Matthews. They'll have that hair off. You never know about that. When we come back, we'll talk about the NCAA and how I think it's uh, what they're doing is kind of crazy with uh, their basketball thing they're putting out tomorrow and also a plea for my Atlanta Braves. Please don't do something that's absolutely dumb. All that and a lot more right here in just a moment. You're listening to The Rundown with Rob. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Great to have you with us today. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Tweet out some good stuff throughout the day there. Also, if you want to get involved with the program today, if I've said something to uh, anchor you, that's awesome. I'd love to hear from you. 803-978-1832. You can also uh, you can call and agree with me. I'm fine with that. So, lots of great stuff we've gotten into today. We also had a uh, Lou Bajak on earlier He uh, broke down some of the high school baseball stuff that's happening as uh, tournament action gets underway. You can catch the podcast later on this afternoon, and uh, that's at FoxSportsRadio1400.com. You you can subscribe on iTunes, pretty much wherever you want to get your podcast. Just uh, type in The Rundown with Rob, and you can listen whenever you want. All right, before we get into the NCAA, I've got to talk to you about Carolina Pool Tables, plus the one original pool table store in Columbia, They've been doing it over a decade, right there on Two Notch Road. Stop by. You'll be treated like family in their beautiful showroom. You can browse a huge selection of pool tables, accessories, and unique game tables. Now, if you don't have a pool table, which you like to go and play, one great thing that you can get over there is uh, they've got great pool sticks. So you can get a great pool cue. I've seen some with uh, with Carolina and Clemson stuff and uh, put on them. And they have some Panthers pool cues, which is kind of cool as well. So head over to Carolina Pool Tables Plus and get yourself set up with that. 5717 Two Notch Road open seven days a week. Their showroom is open. You can also give them a call, 803-799-5305. Experience the difference at Carolina Pool Tables Plus. All right, back to the NCAA for just a minute. A study at the Aspen Institute came out and it said that a slight majority of american adults about 52 percent still believe a full scholarship is adequate compensation for a college athlete and that was actually from a nationwide poll by the washington post gaining public traction is the idea of allowing players to make money if their name is sold through merchandise now i know that uh you can go into certain bookstores and find like certain college players' jerseys in that bookstore. The school's still making money off of them, even though they don't play at the college anymore. I think I have a problem with that. Now I know that a lot of these, um, a lot of these young men or women, they'll go through college and they get their degree, and that's great. But there's a lot of them, especially with basketball, that. It's just not happening. I mean, they're going there for one year and then moving on. Some people there's one young man who was a Syracuse recruit. I mentioned this about a week ago. He's going straight to the G League. He's not even going to go to college. You know what? I, I almost I almost think that's better. If you just are like, you know what, I'm not gonna go to college anyway. I'm not gonna do I'm not interested in the academic world but I know that I'm going to be a first-round pick. I just have to get over this uh, this one-year rule that the NBA has. Why not go to the G League? Get in there and actually play some games. You're going to get paid for it anyway, and then you can go into the NBA draft. I mean, that makes the most sense. But with the NCAA, they're coming out with their big thing from Condoleezza Rice that's supposed to drop tomorrow, which will give suggestions on how to fix college basketball. You know what? I'm going to give you my suggestions right now. The first one is make them go to school for 3 years. If you commit to go to school, you're going to go for 3 years because then the money aspect of it will kind of go away with me on that front because they're going to be there for 3 years. Now, if you're if you grind and you do what you're supposed to do, you can probably graduate in 3 years. If you work hard. Now, I know that a lot of people can't do that, but If you do what you're supposed to do, you can get squared away and get your degree. Then that kind of takes it away from it. But the idea that, especially in college basketball, that they're getting their college degree and the universities and the NCAA can make all this money off of their likeness doesn't really sit well with me. If you end up staying and it's a three-year thing, that makes a lot of sense. But the way it's set up now, it doesn't. I'm going to give you an example of the NCAA being absolutely silly. While speaking at an Aspen Institute study in, uh, or an Aspen Institute meet at, in 2016, NCAA President Mark Emmert had concerns about Texas swimmer Joseph Schooling. He got a $740,000 bonus from Singapore for winning a gold medal at the 2016 Olympics. He didn't just win the gold. He was Singapore's first Olympic gold medalist, and he actually beat Michael Phelps. Now, here's the interesting thing. The payment was, was permissible under NCAA rules, which since 2001 have allowed U.S. Olympians to compete in college, and then they can pocket the tens of thousands of dollars from the United States Olympic Committee for winning gold. But apparently, Emmert doesn't like the fact that this young man got $740,000 from Singapore, And he says, that's a little different than 15 grand for the silver medal for the U.S. of A. Wait, what? Wrap your head around that for a second. This guy is basically saying, you can go and be an Olympian and and win your gold medal, but if, if I determine that it's too much, I may be concerned about that if your country gives you more money. Who are you to determine how much a gold medal is worth, sir? I don't get that Mr. Emmert. You sit up there on your royal throne up there and you think you can throw out stuff like that and you think that something should happen to Joseph schooling who trained his butt off and still goes to Texas and is the first gold medalist in Singapore's history. The pride that comes with that. That's insane. The NCAA added an exception in 2015 to also allow international athletes to receive bonuses. But Emmert thinks that he got three quarters of a million dollars from Singapore and he has a problem with that. He he thinks it's too much. Look, why don't you go and talk to the uh, United States Olympic Committee because they're the ones who actually give money for that stuff and tell them, hey, maybe you should beef it up a little bit. It's not his fault that that's what they gave him. But the NCAA, and I love how they're supposed to give out these suggestions on how to fix college basketball. They're only going to do it to continue to pad their wallets up at the NCAA. It's a complete farce in the way they're doing things. A perfect example is the stuff with Brian Bowen. If they actually cared about the student athlete, the young man wants to play basketball at the University of South Carolina. If not, he could have stayed home and trained and went to the G League. But he wants to try to get a higher education. He's been cleared by the FBI. Why can't you get off your butt and either tell him, hey, we're going to approve you, which you should, but, or, no, you can go and do your things. This guy's in limbo. And not only that, he's putting you in limbo as a Gamecock fan because you don't know what you're going to have for your team next year. Same thing for uh, for Coach Frank Martin. He doesn't know whether to go out and recruit another guard to replace him, etc., it's kind of crazy the way the NCAA works. I just don't get it. I do think that if you go for four years and you get your college education, I think there should be some sort of commitment between coaches and the players that come in. Look, you're going to come here and you're going to get your degree before you leave here. We commit to each other on that front. You get your degree and then we're even. I think that's great. That's the perfect way to go. But with college basketball right now, especially with the way that... uh the March madness stuff goes where for basically two weeks, the entire country is watching college basketball and the money that's made off of it on the backs of these kids is kind of crazy. So Condoleezza rises at the head of that committee. We'll see where uh, she comes up with that. I will break that down tomorrow when they release that real quick though, before I leave the Atlanta Braves are making a bad move. In my opinion, Jose Bautista will start at third base when he's promoted from the minors which Coach Brian Snicker said will be soon. Here's my problem with that. He's going to replace the National League's fifth-leading hitter, Ryan Flaherty, at third base. Ryan Flaherty's hitting 339. So let me wrap my head around that for just a second. As Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk comes in the studio, come on in here. The light's shining off your head there, Swan. You're messing me up, brother. So they're going to replace Ryan Flaherty, who's hitting 339, with Jose Batista. Who hit 201 last season? You're making it hard for me to wear my Atlanta Braves hat today, folks. Brian Snicker, you're a better manager than that. The guy's playing good. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Batista should come off the bench and pinch hit. Don't mess with the chemistry of the team. You're messing it up, brother. For more, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Lawton Swan of Clemson Sports Talk is next. And with that, this show is a wrap.
0: Plus.